bean holes. It's Eric and Nate, the bean holes. They're really, pretty great. So shut up and listen to them talk. Eric and Nate. I see my mate doesn't make the cool sounds. Welcome to another episode of the Bean Holes. I'm Eric. And I'm not. Yeah, you're... <laughs> That's your evil twin brother, <laughs> Nate, Nate and Nuts. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just a reminder, you can check us out, beanholes.com. You can click our shop tab. Shop. Buy a bunch of our products if you want to support us. Tab. You really want to support us, you can go to audibletrial.com slash beanholes. Beanholes. It's your free Audible trial, 30 days of their service, and you get to keep a free book. Free book. And it helps out the beanholes. Beanholes. There you go. Boom. 30 seconds right there. So, um, I think really big news in the world of podcasting. Oh, yeah. Was that uh, for the first time, a uh, Barack Obama recorded a podcast. <laughs> a Barack Obama. Yeah, oh, first oh. time a sitting U.S. president. I was um, going to say that, but I wasn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure now. I don't think George Bush. I don't think podcasting was big. I'm not not that big. Was, yeah. I really hate this mic. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. You're the one who was like, I want the Samson. Well, I was, I yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. I, I was that. being like, I, I, I wanted to use it ironically. <laughs> it picks up everything. This is my hand moving on the mic right now. That thing would probably, if you'd pointed that to a neighbor's house, you'd probably hear the weird noises going on. No, I don't think you would, because I think you'd have to, like, hold the handle against the side. I honestly, this mic is so crappy. I mean, it cost me, like, 20 bucks, so I'm not complaining. Probably a Guitar Hero mic might be. (laughs) Might be better than that. Yeah. Anyway, back on topic. Um, Yeah, it's not the first time that a U.S. president did a podcast, but it is the first time... That a sitting U.S. president did a podcast. Yeah, he uh, Barack Obama appeared on an episode of WTF with Mark Maron. Mm-hmm. Is it anything? Is it WTF something else, or is it just? W- I think it's just WTF. Yeah, with Mark Maron, a huge like it's it. That is the the golden goose, I would say, for <laughs> a, a podcast interview Gold standard. Yeah, and I. I Apparently that episode did not disappoint at all uh, compared oh, to yeah. like when Bill Gates was on Nerdist and I, when I saw his name pop up as a, as a topic, I said, oh, wow, that's, that'll be a great interview. Yeah. And all it was, was half the time Bill Gates's publicists off. Yeah. No, like, you know, we can't talk we don't, don't, don't yelling about it. And you could hear like Bill Gates, you know, had no problem nerding out about computer stuff. Yeah. He wasn't concerned. I mean, he's the guy that's there. He's not the one being like, hey, guys, we should probably talk about my philanthropy. Yeah. But his publicist was just, could, could you could you stop? <laughs> could you not talk about this? Well, I think it was because it, was the, it wasn't his publicist. It was the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation publicist. And I would be willing to bet that they're not still. Or else they got a stern talking to eventually because that is... Like Paul Rudd, every time he goes on on Conan, 
he he says he, they say like here's a clip from your movie and they show the same clip from Mac and me <laughs> every time no matter what he's there promoting it still promotes what he's doing in fact like that that sticks out with people especially when they see it over and over again you know or but, when they see Paul Rudd coming on an episode of Conan yeah they'll be more excited to see that yeah so you know Bill Gates coming on and saying hi I do philanthropy and here's some of the things we're talking about and then getting into things that really interest him and the core audience of the podcast that's still going to promote the stuff but whatever yeah it was awful yeah so but that but when so when you see Barack Obama's name coming up it's not someone like you know off mic telling him what to say he's the president right so I, I haven't personally listened to it yet so I but I did hear from uh other other people I trust with with podcasting saying that it was a it was a pretty good episode yeah and a yeah. good interview too. I have yet to listen to it, but ev- everything I've read about it uh, was really good, and it's it's on my list to uh, to listen to, the, to um, this week. And uh, yeah, by the way, I told you earlier not on the pod, but earlier I yeah. said that Jimmy Carter was on Joe Rogan's podcast and. I now remember it wasn't even Joe Rogan actually has a great podcast and I actually don't like listening most of the time when he has a comedian on or when he has a fighter on, but the like 10% of the shows that are with a super educated person, I really like those. He's, he's really good at uh, talking with those people and making this stuff relatable. Um, but, uh, no, Jimmy Carter was on star talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson um, is Jimmy Carter? Do you listen to the episode? Oh yeah. Is he an interesting guy to listen to? Oh, he's a very interesting guy. His humanitarian work since you know since uh, I'm wow, I'm blanking on the right word to use. I'll just say since abdicating the presidency, um, um, his humanitarian work is like um, just amazing. You know, just his work with Habitat for Humanity, his work with, um, uh, well, what he's doing now is working on, like, stamping out major diseases, um, pre- like, major preventable disease diseases that, like, we don't even have in the first world. Yep. Like, actually, you know, dealing with third world problems. Like Ebola. Ebola. Which you could see once it comes to the first world, the freak out that happens. Yeah. And not even that it really, like... Yeah, just <laughs> he was talking about that on, on that one. He was um, saying, uh, you know, it, it's just it doesn't even register with people that like you're, you know, one person comes to to the U.S. with Ebola and it's and and then you know is taken care of in a facility like that does not. That is not a danger to you. Like you're, you're already in so much more danger just stepping out of your house. Yeah, <laughs> you know. It, but anyway, enough about about uh, other podcasts. <laughs> well, I was I was saying today, may, maybe in in twenty years we can convince uh, Barack Obama to. Yeah, I thought you were going to say a sitting president. I don't think we're. I don't think we're ever going to be at that point. But, but yeah, I, I guess never say never because I, one thing you brought up earlier off the pot again was that this opens up a door for podcasting to a whole nother level where yeah, it's, it's, it legitimizes the, the medium. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just kind of cements it no matter what celebrities did a podcast. I don't think it was cemented as a new form of entertainment until 
something like this happens where, hey, you got the yeah. sitting president to go and do a podcast. Yeah. That's great. Well, a form of, um, you know, actual reporting and interviewing and all that with serious people. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. get more official than than the president of straight the United from, States. Straight from the man's mouth. Yeah. Oh, by the way, connected to Obama, um, the, uh, of course, did we talk last week about had it happened yet? The shootings at the, um, no, no. I'm so sick of talking about shootings. So like people, could you just hold off for a couple of weeks? Um, yeah, please. But the, first of all, um, I like the way the, the president's office has handled questions about like, should the Confederate flag be, you know, should that even, does it have a place in government or should it even be sold anymore and all that? He's they're They're like, because that's a big, what the big thing has been, that's a whole other issue I'll talk about in a second, very briefly, but yeah, you know, the, the, um, the shooter, uh, Dylan, Dylan, uh, the, the word glue is coming to mind. <laughs> I know it's not, but I just, you know, you know, I don't even want to say his name actually. Yeah. Don't um, give him the credit. Yeah. Um, but, um, what was one of your fallout shelter names? Was it Dick Toucher? I, I think I had Dick Toucher, yeah. That's what his name was. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, you know what? I'm a fan of actual Dick Touchers. <laughs> Male or female Martha, people that touch penises. Martha Stewart? Martha Stewart. That was, that was, that was his name. <laughs> Martha, when Martha Stewart took... No, I don't want to make... I don't no, want to connect no. her with that or even make light of this situation, but... Um, it's a very, very horrible situation, so... Um, but... Uh, yeah, what's been in the news, like the discussion surrounding it, of course, has not been like, let's talk gun control. It's been, this guy has pictures where he has an, a Confederate flag. Isn't the Confederate flag bad? Like, shouldn't we? Yeah. Shouldn't we get rid of it? And and yes, I think that almost everyone who um, who really feels that that's a part of their heritage it's because it was the banner of a well, I've, of 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 racism. It, not, this not, is the thing: is that like I've I've had more discussions about the Civil War in the mm-hmm. last week than I have going all through school. Yep, and everybody understands that there was more to the Civil War than fighting for slavery, which right. that has been melted down for people. Where they there are children and grownups who think that yeah that. It was all about slavery. We know wasn't the biggest thing, but you got to remember the, the, the generals, that was a part of it. Well, actually, let me just say this. Everybody who says it's about economics, fuck you because (laughs) it, it was about slavery. I know that there've been arguments and there, Oh, it's much more nuanced. It was about economics. It was about an economy that was based on other people being slaves. Yes. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's the <laughs> backbone. And that's what I'm telling you. Like a lot of people complain and say, it's not, yes, there are many other things. And for, this is what I understand is that many people who fought for the South, a lot of them probably didn't even know what they were fighting for. They were just like, their friends were rallying up. Who knows? Yeah. So then their, you know, later ancestors are, are honoring them and whatever we get it. But the flag, as I tell people, no matter where you live, the Southern, the, the Confederacy were the bad guys. Mm-hmm. 
And if this is not like hanging up an empire flag in your room for Darth Vader. This is not like cute. It's they were legitimately the bad guys in that situation. And that flag, unfortunately, it sucks because one of my favorite TV cars is the General Lee from the Dukes of Hazard. Yep. And by condemning this, I have to look at that and go, oh, man, I, I'm sorry. Like, yep. put just the 01 on the top of the car. But the flag is kind of. Some people, I got upset at somebody today who thought that just because Amazon isn't selling uh, Confederate flags anymore that their rights were being violated. Mm -hmm. And I said, "You're no one's arresting you for owning a Confederate flag. Like right. that's an American mentality where you think something's not being sold that I want to buy. My rights are being right. violated. Like no, you're you're fucking wrong. Come on. Yeah, you can make one. You can buy some buy one somewhere else. And and um. And also, Amazon's um, Amazon's sales of of Confederate flags prior to them saying they were not going to allow it allow the sales anymore, their sales jumped um, over thirty six hundred percent. Yeah, um, which means in those couple of days they sold more than they would have in a month. Um. Well, this is what happens, and it's kind of, I saw a lot of people today quoting George Carlin. Mm -hmm. That upset me a lot, because one of George Carlin's best bits was the pussification of America. Yeah. And people are contributing this, like, oh, this is the pussification. And I go, if George Carlin was alive, he would make fun of you for still flying the Confederate flag. <laughs> yeah. You don't understand. <laughs> There's people who live, we're in Connecticut. There's people who have never passed the Mason-Dixon line who have the Confederate flag on the back of their pickup trucks. Yeah. You're stupid. You are they have no idea. mentally stupid. Yeah. You Most don't, of them have no idea what they're even, what what that represents Forget you know, Southern pride. How about just American pride? Uh, what happened? Why do you need to well, make I, a quadrant of the... I'm, well... I'm okay with Southern pride. I'm okay with Northern pride. I'm okay. It's state pride. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm not okay with is, is, um, is when being proud of your heritage is being proud of the darkest parts of it. Yeah. Um, but we got off on a tangent here that my whole thing that I wanted to discuss was that, that this should not be the discussion. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't be about the flag. It should, it should be like there. Why is it that every time there's horrible, horrible events like this, we don't spend time talking about, about our, our society's awful, um, track record with, with people that need serious help for you know, because of their mental, their state of mental health. No, you're right. You know, it's 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 that they're um, um, well, right after <laughs> Columbine happened, all they did was blame Al Alice Mar Co uh, Marilyn, Marilyn Manson. Manson. Um, yeah, and this is the same thing. It's like they're they're picking one small detail, and and actually like blaming that thing. And it just it just so happens that more people are like more people of, of a wider age range are on board with like fuck the Confederate flag. Yeah, no, that, that's then we're with the Marilyn Manson thing. But it's the same. It really is like well, what I'm happy it's about irrelevant. This one 
specifically is that I, I like how f- finally people are calling news outlets on their bullshit where if this was a Muslim guy mm-hmm. going into a church and shooting people up, it would be a complete war against the religion. Yeah. But um, one racist, you know, the kid, look, for you to go into a church and shoot people, you definitely have to have some mental issues. But mm-hmm. bottom line, he was a racist. Mm-hmm. He was a racist man. Um, and you know, they're like, oh, this is just one crazy person in our society. And I'm glad that news outlets are finally, uh, or the majority of, of younger people of this generation are finally calling them out. And, and, you know, John Stewart, definitely at the forefront, like, oh, remember a year ago, you, you know, you flipped out this much. And then on this, you're just like letting it slide to the left because it's, it's a white guy in the South who did this mm-hmm. and it just kind of brings out where you can tell kind of, you know, the, the prejudice in people. And so I'm, I'm glad that, that, yeah, you know, yes, the Confederate flag issue is the biggest thing and, and it's overshadowing the, the mental health issue, mm-hmm. but I'm just glad that the, that the issue of how media talks about these shootings is, is being called into question. Like finally for the first time, I don't think it's for the first time. No, not think, for the first time. I but think it's for getting you, worse. I think I think you're just more in tune with the people who are calling it out right now. Um, I'm just hearing more of it though yeah. from from more sources than in previous, mm-hmm. you know, issues. Like even Newtown was yep. one thing, yep. and it just oh, just one crazy kid. No need to worry about it. And the same thing. I, I'm just seeing more of it of people calling it out. So that, that's yeah. what I like. Yeah. But you, you are right. Like there, there is a serious problem that, that yeah. needs to be addressed. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of, yeah. Well, you start off with the, the depression, the of depressing course. stuff. And, talk about this. Um, so we'll, um, just quick note. We, we were wrong. And of course, Latino review was wrong, but Asa Butterfield was not announced as Spider-Man. Unfortunately, <laughs> Well, I, did, I wasn't I wasn't calling it. I just well, thought he would have been good. But at the time, it was like confirmed from sources that yeah. he was cast. And then they had five of them. And five, then they, and then they had going. five. And then Sony and Marvel were up in arms against two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they came together and chose to, uh, Tom Holland. Yep. So he is officially a hundred percent press release and everything. Spider Man. Congratulations, Mister Holland. Yep. Uh, and this will be your opus. <laughs> so a lot of people seem that, you know, everyone's flipping out, like not, another, not another origin story. And I'm like, you do realize he's in civil war, which <laughs> means he's already Spider-Man in this. <laughs> he might even be in season two of daredevil. That's another, mm-hmm. another thing. So I've also, um, just briefly connected, um, or why did I say briefly? slightly connected to this is um uh i read something i've only seen a couple headlines i haven't read the articles yet but um uh i'm seeing headlines that um that in the comics miles morales is going to be like the spider-man yeah they're marvel is doing uh whatever they're the secret war they're doing an event and it's basically going to reboot the marvel universe yeah uh peter parker will He's still in the mix. Uh-huh. He's like older and uh-huh. he's just, you know, he's, I think he's just doing his own thing. He's not really a hero, but he's mentoring Miles Morales. But their main comic of Spider Man will be Miles Morales. Interesting. 
you know, which, which I'm, I'm glad I've always said, you know, that also that a report came out from Marvel giving Sony, like Peter Parker has to be a young white straight male and people were flipping out. And I'm like, if it you, was just if you character want, notes. It wasn't like, wanna, and they said, if you look, if you want to make a gay Spider-Man or if you want to make a multicolored Spider-Man, you have to make a new character. Multicolored, uh, like, like a rainbow Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you wanted to make a different gen, uh, different gender race other than Peter Parker, you would have to make something on your own. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be, like, but if you're going to use the name, this is what he's got to be. Right. People are like, some people are flipping out. And I'm like, well, that's that's good because then you get more variety with. Yeah. spider-man and different characters yeah and- I, it, I do think it's funny that things like it it was it was a touch of the same the same idiocy that allows religions to be so misunderstood by the people within the religions yeah it's they they see like a snippet of text and think like these words in this order and what those mean completely devoid of any context is just always true. You know, it, like this was notes, like if you're making a Spider-Man movie, this was notes from Marvel. Yeah. And it just specifically, specifically not on, for Spider-Man for Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah. And and they said like, this is Peter Parker and described him. And then people were like, how dare they say that Spider-Man can only be. And he, you know, the whole, uh, the, the whole se- um, sexual orientation thing. Look, a part of the Spider Peter Parker storyline is Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy. Yeah. You know, he's not, they can't just change it to like John Marion next to his next door neighbor and <laughs> Sten Gwency. John Marion. I don't know. But Mark Marin. <laughs> he's going to be the love interest of Spider Man. Uh, Leaning towards DC quickly, uh, room, uh, the rumor is that the, the Green Lantern solo movie mm-hmm. reboot will include both. will not be a solo movie. It will be a duo movie. Yeah, it'll include both Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Yep. And not from The Daily Show, but from being yeah. the Black Green Lantern. Yes. And that they are looking at Chris Pine to, mm-hmm. to take to be the, the role. Black one. <laughs> to be the Black one. Yeah, he could do it. He could do anything he wants. How dare DC's character notes say that the black Green Lantern must be black? Yeah, John John Stewart should be a white guy, and Hal Jordan should. They be should a black get guy. John Stewart to play Hal Jordan. Once upon a time, he would have looked good for the role. They did like a like a, a '90s Green Lantern movie. I don't know. I mean. Up until he started hosting The Daily Show, he was more like a Kyle Rayner, um, le- leather jacket wearing, like, extreme dude. <laughs> um, so we, we had quickly talked about this, how uh, you, you thought it was a good idea and to well, basically make a, stripes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, um, it's a... Uh, The, it's it's the Green Lantern Corps. It's it's um, it's Space Marines, um, not Space Marines as we know it now from things like Halo. But it's you know it's it's a they're they're police in space. You know they're they're policing space. Oh my um, god! They should just make Police Academy. 
But just Green Lantern. <laughs> Green Lantern Academy would be a movie I would and, see five times in a row. Uh, the the guy who does the voices could definitely be John Stewart. Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow could be John Stewart. What was he on recently? He was on uh, the British John Oliver's show. He was on John Oliver, and he was doing the the Led Zeppelin. Great video, by the way. It just shows off why this guy should be in more Police Academy movies. <laughs> um. So. Of course, I'm going to say uh, John Stewart should be played by um, Jaden Smith. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Come on. Um, Willow Smith. <laughs> Just get the whole family in there. Uh, I don't know. That is a t- um, Tyrese Gibson from Furious, Fast and Furious series. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything else he's done other than modeling. Ooh, Tyrese Gibson? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. He's, he's, it's Roman bitches. <laughs> there you go. That's all he has to say. Now, <laughs> it's in, John Stewart, bitches. Now, in the comics, did they, when did John Stewart come into the mix? Did Hal Jordan pass things on to him? Or how would it work rebooting this where they're both becoming well, Green there's, Lantern at the um, same time? There been, there been four major. Um, well, there have been four, like, main Green Lantern... Well, as far as the Green Lantern core. Yeah. There's been Hal Jordan, John Stewart, Guy Gardner, and Kyle Rayner. Okay. Um, uh, and Guy Gardner, a tiny percentage of the time, has been, like, the nicest, sweetest guy in the world. And you wouldn't want to make him a superhero because he's just way too nice. And then the other 99% of the time, he's like the biggest asshole in the world. Um, and you wouldn't want to make him a superhero because he will absolutely abuse the power to his own advantage, which is really more of the definition of a supervillain. <laughs> um, but that's because he's a ginger and therefore has no soul. Um, or like the Red Lantern Corps is uh, that way. Um, and... And for people that haven't been keeping up with comics in the last 10, 15 years, there are red lanterns and black lanterns and purple lanterns and all those fun things. But, um, and I think that's stupid. But anyway, um, <laughs> there's, of course, um, Alan Scott. Alan Scott, I think, is the was um, Green Lantern before there was the Green Lantern Corps. And it's like more of a magical based thing than an alien technology thing. Um, and his, whereas Green Lantern's weakness is the color yellow, like their stuff doesn't work well on the color yellow. Um, the original Green Lantern doesn't work well on wood. Wow. That- so, like, a dude with a bat is more threatening to the original Green Lantern, who has now been retconned to be gay. Um, I thought that was just an Earth. Who? Yes, but still, like it, they made a big deal about that, and oh, okay. and but be, but I don't think Alan Scott is um has like since the eighties or so has not really been part of the main um continuity at all. Um, he was always an Earth Two thing, but anyway, um. What was your question? What got me off on that tangent? Um, that would it like would it make sense for two guys to go up 
you know, to realizing, you know, that they're becoming the Green Lantern at the same time other than. I think it does. I mean, it's it historically um, as far as canon, it generally has been Hal Jordan was first. Yeah. And then they neat. They like for whatever reason assigned him to be in charge of a different sector and needed another one to be in charge of the earth area of the galaxy or, um, or that he take the power away or whatever, but they, they kind of would every once in a while, the guardians would, would, um, would say, uh, like, uh, we, we've got to have like some backup people. Um, and a lot of it had to do with Hal Jordan not being totally stable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, so, but it, it, I think it makes sense. I think, I think if you're going to have a police force in space or a military force in space guarding the whole, but like they are guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> um, then, uh, yeah, why not recruit more than one at a time? Regroup one more at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Um, congratulations to our friend Groot on his own comics, first solo comic ever. Yeah. Uh, the Guardians have proved to show that all of them are basically getting their own comics. Mm-hmm. I know uh, the first Drax, the Destroyer comic, is being written by CM Punk. So, sweet. Yeah, sweet. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's interesting to me. What, that he's doing it or that Drax is getting his own comic? Well, both, but I mean, it's, it's funny because he's, you know, the one played by a rest, by a former professional wrestler is now being written by a former professional yeah, wrestler. Yeah, CM Punk, uh, he I, said in an interview he saw Batista. Yeah. And this was like a week after he was, he went up to him and was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be writing your comic. And Batista mm-hmm. thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah. And, it's interesting to me because, like, I I don't know what his real writing skill is, and maybe it's um, I mean, he certainly wrote his own storyline. Um, so maybe he's not doing like all of the detail writing, but just saying like, here's the idea for the story. Yeah, I know he was writing Thor. That was first announced after he left WWE. And then now either he's getting dragged. So he's he's making a you know at least Marvel seems to like him. They're keeping him around and yeah. stuff. So um off of Marvel into DC. Today we're going we, Oh yeah. We're going uh down the the bat hole, if you will. <laughs> into the bean cave. Into the bean cave. Oh, that's great. Um visiting the the Batman Arkham video game series. Uh, specifically that that series yesterday was the launch of Arkham Knight the mm-hmm. presumably final game from Rocksteady which has been the the driving well, force final batman arkham game from from Rocksteady yes okay. I, I i have a feeling that i don't think they're shutting rocksteady's doors now no 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 this is rocksteady will continue i i think after their success with batman i would love to see them tackle another hero uh i would like to see them do a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, just because it would be awesome to have the the TMNT game made by Rocksteady. <laughs> that and basically Batman is just on the streets and stuff. It would, you know, even though that's a joke you set up, it would mm-hmm. be good. Um, they have done, and this is why I try to. People have asked me before. Sam has, and and customers, well, they go, "What's 
what's with the Batman games? Like what's, what's so big about them? And I explained to him that before Rocksteady came along, a lot of superhero games were movie tie-ins. Yeah. So they were done. They were awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and some studios over time, and this is for people who don't understand why movie tying games for the longest time, which we haven't seen many of them lately other than from Lego, which, you know, they're always good. They would, you know, come to a studio and say, okay, this game has to be out in one year. And here's the, the these are the only details we can give you about the movie. And it wasn't until recently, like in the last, you know, uh, five years or so, where studios just started going like, you know what, we're going to create our own original stories and, you know, they'll just release at the same time as the movie. Yeah. Uh, So it was the first Batman Arkham, uh, Arkham Asylum was, you can tell people, very first time someone just took a property that wasn't supposed to be connected with any you know, movie or TV show and just said, you know what, let's, let's make this a triple a game. Let's put the same time and care into this as others would for the uncharted series or, you know, any other uh, big, you know, those fallout things like that. Yeah. So, and they took their, their time and the care and it, and it, it's beautiful. Arkham Asylum, no matter how good night or, or city were, Arkham Asylum is the best superhero game ever. Yeah, it just it set the tone of everything. Yeah, I think that's the only one I've actually played. Yep, that I own anyway. You know, and and they've took their steps with stuff. A lot of studios would go into Batman saying, "Okay, we have to have the Batmobile, and you got to do this and this." And I think a lot of them would fall flat in their face. Yeah. Um, the well, <laughs> I mean, from the start, if you if if people are coming in and saying you have one year to do this. And you know that that's already really difficult. A lot. Of yeah. Times. It doesn't matter how good you are. Yeah. Because it's not in the past when it was movie tie-ins, they were not going to be a huge success anyway. Yeah, they're there for a quick sell. You know, yeah. when you go and see people, kids and stuff, they go and see a movie. They want to play the game. Mm-hmm. That happened with Jurassic World. You know, the game came out the same day as the movie. Yeah. It. I was g- so disappointed when I saw it. I turned. I didn't turn to you. I didn't see it with you. I turned to John and I said, there has to be a Jurassic World first person shooter coming out. And that's not what they had coming out. <laughs> no, no. The, the Lego game is, is definitely, I've heard, the the best Lego game they've made mm-hmm. thus far. And there is like a first person shooter survival dinosaur game coming out that's not connected with the Jurassic oh, that's World right. that's arc. Right. Yeah. But anyway, um, so... Yeah, Arkham Asylum. They they so they went into this project not worrying about Gotham City, mm-hmm. not worrying about the car or anything like that, just saying, All right, we're gonna give you the asylum to run around in and we're gonna make sure that the combat is fine tuned. And that combat was so good that other series like Assassin's Creed and Shadow of Mordor mm-hmm. basically copy and pasted that combat to you yeah. know, because you know that uh, that's been the backbone of the series is how good the, well, uh, so, okay. So I was, I was going to say I played, I've never owned an Assassin's Creed. Um, and I, but I played one here, I think when, like on, on your system, but I had only ever. Yeah. So I, I guess I thought when I sat down and finally when, when like Arkham Asylum, uh, first became, uh, you know, in in the in wow, 
it would help if I don't bite my tongue while I'm stuttering. <laughs> um, when Arkham Asylum first made it into the bargain bins, because that's the only place I ever buy my video games, um, except for one or two. But uh, yeah, when that first happened and I brought it home, I was like, oh, they just totally ripped off Assassin's Creed here for the fighting style. And so, but what you're saying is actually it was. Um, the fighting style in earlier Assassin's Creed games were not the strong point. Yeah. And Batman came along and really showed like what combo massive fights can do. Yeah. And if you like the Assassin's Creed game that came out after that was more, you know, more yeah. like more fine tuned, basically that, you know, the yeah. Rocksteady found a way to, to make this. And to me, the, the icing on this cake was the voice acting is in that first game. They got, Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. and Aline, I forgot her last name, but... Dover? Uh, I think so. No, you yeah, don't. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, but they that's Batman, Joker, and Harley Quinn from the animated series. Yeah. So uh, those, anytime I've read a comic book of Batman and Joker, those are the voices that, that play in my head, you know, for the characters. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Conroy has, is... Um, for like two generations of Batman fans, you know, of Batman cartoon fans anyway, like that just is the voice of Batman. And even, um, like Brave and the Bold, um, uh, Diedrich Bader, I think is the voice. Like yep. he's, he's, he, he only got it. <laughs> I, I think he only got the job because they're like, wow, this guy, like when he just like, the way he talked in uh, Napoleon Dynamite kind of sounds like Kevin Conroy. Why don't we? <laughs> why don't we ask him to do this and save a few bucks and not have not pay Kevin Conroy to do the only thing he can do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but what a name to make for yourself to be the definitive voice of a iconic character like that. Yeah. I hope. I hope that uh, Affleck's voice is a little closer to that rather than rather than Christian Bale's Batman voice because. Because, holy God, that guy probably is going to need surgery in a couple of years from all the damage he did to himself for those I, movies. I, I'm, I, I never complained about it that much. I know a lot of people hated yeah. the, where is the trigger? And and, yeah. the, and I'm like, you know, if you really don't want people to know, like, <laughs> to look at you and go. But, oh, yeah, you definitely like, got to do like, a voice if you want to keep your- <laughs> Like, if he just used his regular voice, <laughs> you know, one day Jim Gordon would just look at him and go, Bruce? <laughs> What? No. Yeah. <laughs> Batman. Oh, definitely. And it, actually, the voice never bothered me like as the voice of Batman, but as someone with a, quite a bit of familiarity with different speaking and singing techniques, I was like, you do, just you can't talk like that. Like, that's so bad for you. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until Kevin Smith brought up a point where in The Dark Knight Rises, there's a scene where... Uh, he's talking with Catwoman on a, on a roof mm-hmm. and he like turns his back and he turns, you know, back to her and she's gone. And he's like, there's no one around, but he's still in his voice talking to himself goes, so that's what that feels like. Yeah. And that, that like, and we, so hearing that complaint, I'm like, all right, well there are moments where you don't, I guess to him, it's like Cal's on the voice is on. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He's still in character, but no, I think it's, some of the times it was just way over the top, like uh, in the beginning of Dark Knight, 
He's like, I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> that guy. Pad, pads, hockey that, pads. That fat guy. Like, what makes me different than you? Yeah. <laughs> not wearing hockey pads. No. I'm not wearing hockey pads. I feel bad for the people who. <laughs> Look, my voice, hurt, my throat hurts right now. That was one, no, two takes. I wonder whose idea that was. I wonder if that was, it was Christopher. Definitely him. Chris, you know, you don't think Christopher Nolan had something to do with it? Like, hey, you know, make your voice no. sound gravelly. No. I think Christian Bale came in and was like, oh, I'll try it this way. And I mean, maybe Christian Bale tried a few other things. And this was the first thing that Nolan was like, okay. But um, wait, did you say Christian Nolan? Or did I say Christopher I said Bale? Chris, you, I said Chris Nolan as you were saying Christian Bale. Okay. Wow. That's weird. I mixed up what you were saying with what I was saying. Oh, geez. Way to make it more complicated. Sweet. Um, Mark Hamill, of course, that is the, the definitive Joker. Yeah. Uh, I don't think after the 66 series, I, I love Cesar Romero, the look mm. of that Joker, but the voice never, you know, he had a, a goofy voice. Not yeah. really, but you know, well, I mean, he was, he was, he was a great Joker for as goofy and ridiculous as that whole show was. Of course. He was the guy you would want to go surfing. Like, oh, I'm going to go surf Batman. You can't catch me. And Batman, <laughs> With a with a bathing suit over the bat suit, I believe is how it went. Or swim trunks in the bat suit. I don't know. Uh, there wasn't these characters. There was not a voice for them that you would closely resemble with the with the you know when you're reading comics up until that animated series. Mm -hmm. So Mark Hamill not getting work after Star Wars delved into. He got work. Voice acting, yeah. He, but there was nothing, you know, he, to everyone, he was just Luke Skywalker. Yeah. But his well, voice it, acting work yeah. is just unprecedented. Yeah. And and to be fair, I think, um, I don't know if this is fair, actually, but <laughs> to to uh, to address, um, a lot of people say he was just typecast and, like, could never see him as anything else. But, like, Han Solo is way more iconic a character and Harrison Ford did okay. But what not a lot of people realize is just before Return of the Jedi, Mark Hamill got in a, a pretty bad, um, uh, was it an accident? or I don't know. He, he scarred up his face, um, and he could no longer play that. Like I mean, obviously he was aging as well, but he couldn't play that you know young, good-looking lead anymore by Hollywood standards because they still had to... You know, you can tell he's, you know, he doesn't have, he's, he's got some, some damage <laughs> there to his face yeah, and, yeah. and, um, and, uh, well, it'll, it'll look good in the new star Wars movie. Oh yeah. Well, and it, and it looked good for, for return of the Jedi because he was a very different and darker, um, character by that time anyway. Yeah. But you know, it was just the same thing that happened to Mickey Rourke and Eric Roberts, like just got fucked up and and they could no longer play the same types of characters because we are very uh picky about who gets what kind of role in in movies in america oh and still like even in the 2000s yeah quick i mean side note i, I listened to an interview with cal penn who said that when they were making harold and kumar there were so many like what there's not a white lead yeah what no this movie's not gonna work yeah and he's like, they were right until it got out in DVD and people started buying the shit out of it and made yeah. a franchise. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the he has done so much as that character and even influenced 
I know when they were doing Batman Beyond, they still had Kevin Conroy as an older Batman, and the mm-hmm. whole thing was, God, we have to get Mark Hamill in here, and mm-hmm. the best animated movie DC has ever done, Return of the Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, it still holds up. I'm glad they released it on Blu-ray because if you've never seen it, it's it's beautiful. Even if you have seen it, it's beautiful. It is still beautiful, and um, so when that game is coming out. Well, you know, also Harley Quinn as well. Uh, Aline, I, I, yeah, why don't you look that up? Her name's feel, probably not even going to be Aline. Are you saying Aline? Aline. I'm, yeah. Let's see. Arkham Asylum. I'll just sit here while you look things up on your iPhone and all these hundreds of people listening to our podcast. Aline Sorkin. There we go. Can I see? Can I see? Arlene Sorkin. Arlene Sorkin. There we go. Is she related to Aaron Sorkin? Is that even the right name? Well, let's see. Career. Yeah, you don't. I don't they, I, they don't list family members under career. Like life and career. Yeah, I'm sure. It doesn't say anything about Aaron Sorkin, but anyway, Harley Quinn, very important character because that was the in the mythos of Batman, that's the only character that came out of the, like another medium of the mm-hmm. comics. Mm-hmm. So wait, Arlene Sorkin played, she, she voiced Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn in, in the animated series in, and they brought her back. So she was the original Harley Quinn. Cause she, Harley Quinn was created for that series. Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. Cause I wonder if they even came up with her real name from Arlene. I don't know. Is it Harleen Quinzel? Is it's in, it's just like one letter off. Like it's Harleen is closer to Arlene than it is to Harley. Maybe that's why she got the role too. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, so I, I get, that first game, like I said, just just made the standard. Was is the best superhero game of all time, and kind of showed studios that look, you can have an existing property out there. It doesn't have to be a movie tie-in and it'll yeah. sell millions. Yeah. It'll sell better because uh, it's in the Guinness book of world records as being the most, uh, the most critically acclaimed superhero game. So, hmm. um, two years later, Arkham city comes out, which yep. once again, it doesn't tell you like, Hey, here's all of Gotham and here's the Batmobile and everything. It gives you a little bit. Each game gives you a little bit more of being Batman. So, right. Well, like it expands the area you're working in and it gives you more to do more toys and more missions. Um, and the whole idea of Arkham city is that, uh, the, like a, a whole section of the city gets, yeah. The, the warden of Arkham asylum from the first game, which you find out, I never understood the way that they did this, but it was spoilers. The, yeah, if you yeah, a little little spoiler. It's not anything that's gonna ruin the plot. It's just something that's there. But there's a uh, a side quest throughout Arkham Asylum where you're following the the story of Amadeus Arkham, the guy who who made the asylum, and you find out in the end. I think he's inhabiting the body of the warden. I I don't know if it's him. Just like. I'm taking control. Like I'm, I've been in charge of this body. Is, or, is it? Is it maybe the warden just went insane? Is that an equal possibility? Also, because of what happens in, in the second one. But anyway, the the warden of Arkham Asylum, uh, 
basically he get well not basically he becomes mayor of Gotham City and with the help of Hugo Strange convinces like you know the city and all the officials and stuff like hey the asylum got screwed up you know a few years ago let's cut off this portion of the city and let's just throw inmates in there mm-hmm. which horrible idea <laughs> it, it's a fantastically horrible idea it's and like if, it's like escape from new york you probably haven't even seen that i have seen escape from new york and it's like we'll just make this whole like this huge area a prison and just leave everybody to rot in there yeah it doesn't it i don't know i don't know how that gap got passed by anybody or how you know anyone was convinced but they're they're bad guys uh even the the warden later on i keep forgetting his name um he even admits to Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne or Batman just jacks him up and he's like, yeah, it was a dumb idea. I probably shouldn't trust Hugo strange. <laughs> yeah, you probably shouldn't have uh, there. Anyway, their, their whole, their whole plan was protocol 10, mm-hmm. which was essentially just to blow up Arkham city, <laughs> put all the bad people in the city and then mm-hmm. just explode it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm surprised it didn't work out, but anyway, when it didn't give you the biggest thing in that game was the ability to glide is batman yeah so that was new to to city yes yes it, it's kind of like falling with style quincy sharp was the name of the warden that's a cool name actually yeah. um that game though the, the first game the villains you know riddler you just collected his stuff throughout the asylum poison ivy was a villain bane was and scarecrow killer croc that's kind of it it was just a, it was a very small cast of characters. There was mm-hmm. no Two-Face, no Penguin. Arkham City, though, you fought everybody. Killer Croc made an appearance. Bane was a whole side quest mission. You fought Mad Hatter. Ooh. You fought... Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What's, uh, Mad Hatter's name is... Um, Jervis? Char- Jervis Tech. Tech. Really? Tech? I think that's his last name. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, Tetch. Tetch. I didn't know. Jervis Tetch. You were right. Which is funny because the word like tech and technology is spelled with C-H, but we don't pronounce it that way. Um, we don't pronounce it that way. Deadshot was brought in. You end up fighting Clayface. You uh, One of the coolest boss fights you fight, um, Penguin explodes you into a tavern yeah he looked really cool in in arkham city that's not a good picture of him all but you uh penguin penguin sends you into a uh chasm under under a building and you fight uh solomon grundy Mm. one of the coolest boss fights so they just pulled out all the all the guns on this game with villains and stuff uh another two years later they were working on arkham knight rocksteady very under wraps, but their whole thing was, look, we're not going to make the two year deadline. There's yeah. just with the stuff we want to do. There's no way. So they allowed, you know, Warner Brothers was like, all right, well, can we make a spinoff Arkham game? Yeah, sure. So they made Arkham Origins, which look for some people, that's a trilogy right there. Yeah, it's to me. It's not. It's a, it's a spinoff. It's not Rocksteady didn't make it. They kind of. I was very upset at the time because I didn't know Rocksteady if they were making a third one. And at the time I thought, uh. Wow, WB just didn't want to spend the money on them, so they just yeah. did it in house. And what's cheapskates? And it's it's an okay game, but it's just kind of a copy and paste of of City, you know, that's uh, made earlier, like the first meeting of the Joker. 
So none of the voice actors returned for that or anything. So it's just, it's kind of the black sheep of the whole, of the whole franchise. But then uh, we come to Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. It just came out yesterday. Uh, complete. Doesn't once again, well, it doesn't give you all of Gotham City, but it gives you something five times the size of Arkham City. Gives you enough to play around with. Just the streets, of course. One of the biggest add-ons is the Batmobile, which yeah, I, you know, I love the control of it. Looks a lot like the Tumbler from the, from the Nolan trilogy. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's weird. Um, I realized this playing it is that uh, recently, not really a spoiler. Riddler, of course, is back in in this game. You're collecting. Uh, stuff. Yeah, we'll we'll try to stay away from spoilers. Um, in a game that's one day old. Yeah, and he took over an orphanage. And Riddler like puts up a sign. I love that he keeps saying like, I'm your true main adversary. <laughs> it's, it's funny. So he's like, I, I'm at the orphanage. Come and come and try to find my tricks. And his whole thing is like, you're never, I'm just setting things up. You're never going to beat. Yeah. And I realized when I got to the, to the orphanage, there was a, like a lighthouse light on the top Yep. and it was green. And he had the, the question mark on it. And I, I thought in my head, this is the perfect, this is like taking the Christopher Nolan seriousness of the characters and putting them into the Joel Schumacher colorful <laughs> city. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's a great mix. And honestly, I, I, I think that's the mix they're going with, with the new movies is that, you know, it's a serious take on the characters, but it's in a colorful type world. Yeah. It seems just with, especially with the pictures of the Joker riding a decked out purple, like Lamborghini. <laughs> I look at, yeah. What were you going to say about that? No, I, I was, I was going to say like, I, I, you said in the movies and I'm like, I don't know. Like the, the Batman versus Superman thing looks pretty fucking gritty to me, but, but no, you're right in the, in the uh, suicide squad, that, that purple car. That's, uh, that's yeah. something else. Yeah. And the cast looks really good and they look very diverse and colorful. And so, um, yeah, there there are moments when you're looking over the city. There's a lot of neon, and it looks like uh, the Schumacher city in like Bat. It reminds me of Batman Forever, which yeah. is my favorite Batman of you know those old movies. Which yeah, I do you have horrible taste. No, that was the that was my first Batman movie, so I can't. No, yeah, I know you you I've you remember it before. as as, yeah. as the child watching it, not as a real person yeah of course i can i can sit there and admit it, it is a horrible movie and even batman and robin i love batman and robin but because i can watch it knowing mm-hmm. that it's bad and that it's just nostalgia mm-hmm. so i think i think in another like 20 30 years there's gonna be people looking back on batman forever and batman and robin like the same way people look back at at Batman 66. Have we not reached that point yet? Not yet. Okay. I don't, I don't think so. Cause people looking back at Batman 66, like even like Kevin Smith, who, um, Batman on Batman. <laughs> well, he's, he's, is he writing or was writing? The, the 66 well the reason book? he took that was because ralph garman is like a devoted batman 66 right. fan right apparently has a room the size of my basement here that just decked out with merchandise yeah from that series so that's why when when kevin got the call about that was like hey i'm bringing my friend ralph on because he's yeah he's the guy to do that so but like my my point is 
um, like a lot of the people that are the biggest fans, yeah, didn't even see like they weren't watching that when it was on TV because they weren't, you know, they're 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 not old enough to have been watching it when it was originally on TV, you know. So what I'm saying is, it's going to be another another twenty years or so before you've got like adults who were too young to be watching Val Kilmer and George Clooney as Batman. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger as <laughs> Mr. Freeze. Uh, the one thing I, I definitely want to point out, I love that the Scarecrow mm-hmm. has been made the, the main villain. Mm-hmm. His appearance in Arkham Asylum, spoilers, cause, uh, this is, this is going to ruin like a very fun part of the game. So if you've never played the game, feel free to shut this Wait, off. Which one? Arkham Asylum. Dark okay. Okay. Um, there are points in Arkham Asylum where, for example, you'll be in a room. I, I'll never forget the effect this had on me. And this is me like 18, 19 playing this game is that you don't realize. But right before Batman enters another room, you know, when you when you go into another uh, section of the asylum, you know, it'll cut to black and then it will come back when you're. And the next part, right before you open the door, Batman just subtly coughs. When you're on the other side, you go down this corridor that all of a sudden it's supposed to be like maybe a, like a 15 foot corridor and it just looks infinite. And you're walking down and it starts you know, raining and then turning into city streets. And then you watch the death of your parents. Mm-hmm. So they have they make these scenes of at even one point you think the game resets itself. Mm hmm. And that the roles are reversed where Joker is bringing Batman to the asylum. And it's all because of Scarecrow. So they have these beautiful like moments that mess with your mind. Um, he was mauled at the end of Arkham Asylum. He was taken into the water by Killer Croc. Mm-hmm. Presumably, presumably dead. Uh, he made no appearance in Arkham City whatsoever. Uh, there, There is a big Easter egg that I'm not going to say. But after you beat the game... You got to find something, and it does kind of give you the hint that he's still alive and working on something, which of course culminates in Arkham Knight. Yeah. So it's just really cool that to a character that has always been perceived as a third tier, second tier here, like villain, mm-hmm. is now being taken very seriously, and I like it. So yeah, yeah. In I, I Scarecrow's gotten some really interesting play in Batman properties in recent years because it's in in some ways he's more of like the opposite side of the same coin for Batman than than the Joker is because because um, he he plays on fears which is you know that's the whole reason Batman is Batman and not just some dude that wanders the streets beating yeah, up he criminals. doesn't look like the early daredevil suit where you're just in like a black right. attire right well even that is still like a, it's more scary than if he was wearing like bright red <laughs> <laughs> but um which is wow that's funny because not only does daredevil end up wearing bright red but um actually well they've been making it darker and darker red but but the original bob kane Batman design was bright red. Yeah. Um, it is true. But uh, anyway, uh, poor Bob Kane. I wonder if that's where they ended up, like maybe referencing those is where they even thought of Robin in the first place. Like, cause he, 
that the cape was black, but wait, he might not have had a cape, but who Batman at first? Yeah, but it was just I the chest that was red for for ba- the original Batman design. So it's interesting. Yeah, Stan, I, I feel I feel bad for Bob Kane. I wish I could have met the man because that guy uh, never really got the love I think he deserved. You, you mean know? Bill Finger? No, Bob Kane would. Stan Lee tells stories that, you know, where he would go out. Oh, that, yeah. He would go out to dinner with Bob Kane and people, you know, Stan Lee was the face of Marvel. So people would come up to him like, oh, my God, you're Stan Lee. You made Spider-Man and I love you. Sign this. And and he would say, like, Bob Kane would just get, like, very jealous and just go like, oh, yeah, you know who I created? And grab a napkin (laughs) and he'll draw Batman. And so. Well, I think you and I have different feelings on that because I. I, I feel that. Bob Kane got way more than he deserved and still was just pathetically hungry for more attention anyway. And now there's definitely by by all accounts I've, I've read Bob Kane other than saying, let's call, let's make a character called Batman. There's a a lot of stuff. And even to the, the, to the things we know now Mm -hmm. to the, when you look at the mythos, there are so many hands that have to touch yeah a character before you get to you know something that's right yeah i mean you look at you you can give uh like um jerry siegel and joe schuster a lot of credit for superman but but superman as we know him now compared to superman the superman that they created totally different the superman they created is actually in many ways closer to batman that we know now yeah than than today's superman you know even little things best thing about the scarecrow in in these games is he has a glove that is like freddy krueger claws that are syringes yeah that was that was a cool thing um and so years down the road 20 years from now they could use that in a movie Mm -hmm. you know it comes from the game a lot of people get on these properties so uh anyway uh not that we were told to plug Arkham Knight. I'm just doing it on my own. But it did come out yesterday, uh, PS4 and Xbox One, PC. So if you happen to have one of those systems, I would honestly tell you that the the true way to really appreciate the game, go play the other two. Go play Asylum and Arkham City and and then play Arkham Knight. Don't worry about how long it's going to take you because it just it makes each experience that much more richer. And um, And yeah, so... All right. Well, that was a fun little chat about Arkham things. <laughs> little little bat chat. But uh, next week, what do we got next week? A surprise. Next week is a surprise. Every week is a surprise. Come on. <laughs> um, no, we used to say what we were doing. It was kind of cool. We did it like twice. Yeah, so and it was kind of cool. Can't can't There's no way I'm gonna be able to pull it up in time. Oh, that's what she said. I don't but, know, I don't know what that would mean. But anyway, uh yeah. No matter what, you should check us out next week. Yeah, check us out. If you have any comments on uh Confederate flags or Batman or Batman flags or <laughs> Arkham Confederate City. <laughs> Confederate man. You can always hit us up at talk at beanholes.com. Sometimes we remember to check it before we do our podcast. Uh so we look forward to hearing from you. Keep on beaning. Harry.